Friends and welcome to the Three on the Tree podcast. I'm Casey here with Davis and Ian, and uh, we're just just hanging out. We found out uh, my wife's she's somebody's catfishing people with her pictures in California. So it's actually me. Is it you? Yeah. It was I... Tinder, not Grinder. Yeah, I know. What's Grinder, Chubbs? <laughs> It's it's a long sub sandwich and also a, an app that points you to the nearest public restroom for gay sex. Oh, is that what you have on your work phone when you travel? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's hard to meet new people in foreign cities. Well, yeah, I mean, you want to find you know dudes to hang out with with uh, you know similar Bones. interests. Yeah, and boners. We should make one make one that's all for like I don't know, like car sex and call it like Pickle Parker or something like that or What? It seems like do you, like do you ever like go root Flat. through like the uh Oh I know, dude. He's just failing miserably lately. <laughs> go on. What? You, have you ever gone on like Craigslist and just like rooted through all the personal ads? Oh no. hell yeah, that's it's, some funny shit. It's really funny. It's disturbing. It's it's amazing how many people want to like have sex in a car. Like or an asshole. That's a that's a thing. Yeah, there's like a lot of people will post on there and be like looking for car fun or something like that. It seems like the mm. most inconvenient place to have an encounter. I don't. Well, I don't know if con- it's convenient. It's not comfortable. Yeah, I guess that's that's fair. I swore off any sort of car activities like after the first year. Before, at Liberty. before you ever tried it. <laughs> yeah. No, like at Liberty, that was all <laughs> that was available f- until I got an apartment. You know, so you because just jerked off in your car all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with a friend. <laughs> it's called Dutch Rudder. <laughs> Dutch Rudder. Mm-hmm. No, but I remember like a couple of times trying to like camp out in the truck when we didn't want to like go back to the the dorm or whatever. You know, like we just like be on our way somewhere and we just try to sleep in like the back seat or something and it was always awful i i believe you i, I, you I think i have nothing to add to that like you've never you've never done like anything in a car you've never even slept in a car me yeah oh yeah absolutely i have well okay <laughs> so you should tie in those experiences into what I'm saying, and that creates a conversation, which is no, kind of I, what a podcast is. I like hearing is. your bullshit because it's a lot dumber than mine. I just, it was a long story to try to justify a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was shitty. It was so shitty. Uh, well, it's like um, I always say. When you swing for the fences every time, you're bound to, you know, you're bound to strike out now and then. 
even that analogy fell just real flat. All right, I'm done talking for the next five minutes. <laughs> Fill time, well, you two. I mean, I'm just saying, you, you're out of practice, man. Tall. Yeah, I kind of am. We we had this conversation like when we were in uh, Austin about how like you like the two me and Davis being together in a place. It's like the both of us our mental agility just jumps by oh. leaps and bounds. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely I was I was pulling out all stops just jamming Adderall up my ass just to try to like stay on point with uh with your shenanigans. <laughs> the personal insults. Yeah. I mean, I you know, it was tough. It was tough I had to do it, but you know, it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's like like you kind of i feel like i'm hard pressed to find a, a sparring partner down here you know <laughs> yeah april doesn't uh april doesn't chime in oh she does uh-huh but it's just you're you're so much meaner <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm excited for vegas it should be a, a genuine shit show Right. I'm glad I'm glad uh Pam or whatever the fucker dumb name was uh got her fucking badges. Yeah, me What's too. Her name? I was a little worried there. No. No, you don't have to... <laughs> You don't need to achieve a Davis level of mean. I think she does. So I I can't be mean. No. Huh? Something like that. That's some weird, weird cuck shit right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Seema's going to be great. And uh, I, I thought for like a split second, like with all the stuff going on at work, that I wasn't going to get to go. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Oh, man, I, you know we got this all set up, and people bought plane tickets and everything, and now I'm Dude, not gonna be able to go. <laughs> I would have flown straight to Kansas and popped all your tires, <laughs> every tire on every bike. Me too. Every tire. That's a lot, including of tires. that one around your belly. But very few of those tires actually move me any place. So, dude, I would just throw sand in your new carbs. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, but no, we're all set now. We're we're locked in. So good. It's gonna be good. That's only a month away. I know it's coming up fast. And, and I've never really done any Vegas stuff. I've driven through it, stayed the night there, but didn't really do anything there. I so think it's, be, uh, it's gonna be a blast. This will be my Vegas experience. Like the the crew that's coming with me and working at SEMA is like all a bunch of really fun dudes and like we were talking about it this week and they're like dude we gotta we gotta hit fremont street on halloween oh absolutely like, absolutely yeah i That's didn't even think be... about the fact that it was gonna be halloween really no i mean that's gonna dude, be incredible like by by radar i was like that place is a fucking shit show on like 
whatever, like the Pope dies. Mother's Day. And, and Fremont is still like going fucking nuts. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and like on Halloween, uh, well, actually, I don't know. I don't know if it'd be like, uh, it's just another fucking day because it's, it's a fucking shit show all the time. So I don't, I don't really know. I, I have high expectations, but part of me is like, dude, they're just too crazy all the time. They can't, they can't go like over the top. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I we'll think be it's going to be nuts. And there's all those people are going to be there for, for SEMA and Apex. So it's just yeah. going to be a crazy crowd. We're just going to have to like Facebook live stream the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a there's a few people that I talk to uh, in in my line of business that are going to be there. They're like, yeah, you should stop by. You know, we're we're serving beer and shit. I'm like, well, fucking a, man, I'll be there. <laughs> like at the at the Apex show, they're just handing out beers. I'm like, ah, nice. okay, yeah, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank so- you. You guys with your badges will have access to all of that. You can go to Apex, you can go to SEMA, you can go to any of that stuff. But we can't go to the sweet seminars? <laughs> yes, you can go to the seminars. You can go here, uh, well, what, who was it? Like a couple of years ago, it was Hillary Clinton. Oh, no shit. Yeah, and she started off by saying, I haven't driven a car since like 1988. <laughs> How the like, fuck would they have her? I think with a lot of that kind of stuff, it's just like, who's the most recognizable person that we can get into a room? Dude, like, yeah. We'll get them. Yeah. We not had, not uh, by any means is there any like correlation to like anything real. It's just who whose name is buzzing the most that we can get. Right. Yeah, we do our we do our conference every year at a casino. And two years ago, he just had a random, I think he was an ex-Lions player. He was an NFL player. He was just speaking at it. Dude, this is road construction. Why are you here? Yeah, I don't uh, don't understand that. Like, see, BG events and a lot of the stuff that we end up at, like trade shows and things like that, like they always have special speakers. And 90% of the time, it's somebody that you're like, I don't see how anything you have to say correlates to anything that I do. Unless it's just like super broad, obvious things like, you gotta work hard. You gotta <laughs> commit. You gotta deliver excellent service. You gotta like, close what, that deal. Whatever you ever hungry? Guy, Eat a sandwich. <laughs> Do you ever eat a lot of food and then have to take a poop? Oh, I know. <laughs> Make um, sure you do that. <laughs> An erection lasting I, longer than four hours is dangerous. When I went to Vegas uh, for the for the Napa show, um, we had that uh, the fat Italian dude that was on Top Gear. The fat Italian dude. The American Italian Top dude. Gear. Oh, I've never watched that. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know their names. Uh, but he was there. Oh, he was the, like uh, the... you talking about the host. Yeah, Fazoli Calzone. <laughs> yeah. Wait, there's uh, like oh, there's a super Italian guy and there's 
the the fat guy you said the beard Rutledge I think I say his name Rutledge it, yeah 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 I think Rutledge that... Wood maybe or something something fake it, it it wasn't the the fat white dude it was just the fat Italian dude okay and not the actual person that knows anything about cars yeah because that guy's like relatively interesting. Yeah, he was. He he was pretty funny. He did a lot of good presentations. He was like the presenter for like the whole um, event. Yeah. So he was. Boy, they really tried to milk that shit. Napa or Top Gear? Top Gear. Hmm. Yeah, probably. Well, Top it, Gear America. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. He did a good job though. He had some pretty good relatable stories and played some like stupid games and shit. It was. It was all right. I only had to go to like one or two of those, but he was there like for for multiple speaking sessions. These uh these like big dealerships and stuff like that, they a lot of them are like constantly hiring consultants to come in. And they pay them just ungodly amounts. And like a lot of the guys like you know, I I kind of know a few of them that have become consultants and are doing that full time now, and they really weren't that good at their job at the time, you know. But like they they come in, they say like all the most obvious things. They like price price compare all the vendors and stuff like that, and then tell you know insist that they change this process and this process and this process. And I, I mean, they literally, they'll charge, you know, six, seven, eight grand a week to be in the, in the store. Probably oh more God. in some cases. It's just, I don't know. Sometimes people want to hear it from a, a different source, you know? Somebody fresh out of a seminar. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So here's, here's a for real question for you too and so this consultant right let's let's put like a very round figure on it ten thousand dollars ten thousand dollars a week this person's making just to tell somebody some very you know routine mundane bullshit whatever who the fuck cares that's what he does he Mm -hmm. makes money he's lucky whatever what that says to me is that I've made multiple mistakes in my life. I'm doing so many things wrong. Right. Because I can't do that. (laughs) You're not making 10,000 a week to talk. No, no. Uh, when I talk, I get docked pay. (laughs) Um, so that's, that's the question. What, what would be your fantasy job? Oh, oh boy, this this is easy. Okay, uh, go for it. My fantasy job is a toss-up between MotoGP rider and F1 driver. That's uh that's pretty mm. good. It's pretty good. I okay, I'm going to say hot dog tester. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know that the money's there, you know. Like, well, we're this yeah, is Fantasy you, Island. You, you can't put a price on joy, but you still have to make money, you know. 
Yeah. Your your speedways like taste tester. <laughs> right. I feel like mine are so far apart. Okay, because I would say like on the one hand, exotic car dealer. Like literally just like going around buying, selling, trading like crazy cars, you know, internationally. Right. Or number two would be like uh, run like an aquaponics farm. That, that seems kind of achievable. Yeah, oh yeah, I think so. Definitely achievable. But you know, like the the whole thing with like the where you raise you know like organic fish and all that stuff, and you use that to fertilize the the plants. You know, yeah. could be any sort of plant, but probably one in particular. <laughs> the plant the that's worth the most. One? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, no, I think about that all the time. I think like, oh man, you know, throw up some greenhouses like over here in this pasture and, you know, get it all set up. You could keep it running during the day and stuff like that. And when you weren't busy with that, you could be, you know, in the shop building a bike or working on an old car or whatever. I think yeah. it'd be awesome. Yeah, it sounds legit. But I you need like that. a... I need like a minion so that I can leave when I want to. Like, uh, I hire Ian and build him a tiny house like on the back of the property with a compost Dude, toilet. I got a factory seat at Yamaha. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, we're all getting fac- like fantasy jobs now? Yeah. I thought only me. Part of my fantasy is that you guys don't get yours. <laughs> I'll hire Ian and pay him a ton to come out and help run the thing, and and then we will have a, a weekly uh, Skype call with Davis, and he just has to stay where he's at, clicking a computer. <laughs> That's horrible. Oh, Chug, you're such a piece of shit. <laughs> I got a so boner right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. That's because in my fantasy, you're a condom tester. <laughs> As the receptacle. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't pick up on where you were headed with that at first. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. They're uh, they're checking out your old fire shoot. <laughs> Interesting. Well, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, since I've been watching it, like being one of like the Top Gear presenters would be fucking outstanding. That would be fun because you get. All of the horse shit that we all know and love, and you get the you get the supercars as well. And if you're not a chicken shit and like you're you know a Hammond esque or James May type character, you can start introducing bikes as well. So you get like you know you get to test ride like an H2R or I think they just uh, unveiled the new. Um, 
BMW 1000 RRRRRRR. And about a, a few weeks ago, Ducati just unveiled their new um, engine. The V4. Yeah, it's that's straight from the uh, straight from the annals of MotoGP. So I wonder, uh, I wonder how much one of those bikes is going to cost. I wonder first how many they're going to make. How many? How many over six bikes they're going to make? No, I I think that's going to be that's going to be their new their new workhorse. No because way. yeah, like because they, the Panigale. Yeah, because they they just this year they introduced the the Panigale Final. It's done. Oh, I saw something like that. I think it was. I think I saw that on Instagram. Yeah. So that's. I, I the, thought. I thought they were just coming out with like a new version. I didn't know they were dropping that thing completely. Yeah, yeah, they're dropping the Panigale altogether, and they're going over to the V4. Oh man, so much more horsepower. They're they're putting out two hundred like two what two ten, something something fucking ridiculous something two cylinder. Yeah, so they want everybody to have two hundred fifty horsepower. They're they're just they're they're fucking nuts, man. That that video you sent the other day, like Davis sent over this video that was just all a big compilation of. Uh, like GP bike crashes. No, I think that was clunk. Oh, it was the end. Yeah. yeah. But uh, just high sides over and over and over again. Yeah. Just all of a sudden, just just whips this guy into the air like a cat- catapult. This the they can land on their neck. Like hundred percent yeah. of the time. The ones yeah. that are awful are the ones where you could tell that they just like went limp afterwards like there's <laughs> some of them you can tell out. are out yeah yeah so well, that one crazy one um it, it was jack miller this year i think it was like race three or four where he just started he had a fucking gnarly tank slapper and just ate shit into, into a the, wall yeah right into the wall that was unreal oh man i remember watching that uh, you know, like the day of, or maybe like the next morning or something. I was like, "Oh, holy fuck!" And the dude's like, "Yeah, it sucked, but you know, uh, I'm out here trying to do a good job. Uh, really sorry to the team." What? What are you saying? Sorry to the team for? You're fucking kidding me! But yeah, he's <laughs> out there just fucking riding. Next day, he's like, "Well, I had a backup bike, so I didn't really care." So, what do you think that did to his body? Heard it? Yeah, it's Jack. <laughs> Safe bet. Yeah, it's really? Jack Miller. So he spent a lot of time figuring out how to crash and not die. Dude, those guys, all those guys, are just nursing injuries a hundred percent of the time. I was, uh, I've been listening to this podcast, which is awesome. Everybody should listen to it. It's called Locked Up Abroad, and uh, like the show. Apparently, I've never watched the show. I just I've listened to the podcast. It's the same network that puts out Sword and Scale, and it's really good. But the stories are just terrifying. Like, you know, a lot of them have to do with drugs. You know, but we were listening <laughs> to one yesterday where 
this this chick who was a stripper in the UK got approached by somebody who was like, "Look, we're opening a new club in Guyana, South America, right? And we need someone to come in and train like the the girls there how to do like pole dancing and all that kind of stuff. How to work the pole. Right. So Yeah. Go on. She talks her her boyfriend into into doing it. They were going to go for 2 weeks, you know. It's all expenses paid and everything like that. So they show up down there, and uh, nobody's there to pick them up from the airport. So they're like, what the heck? What's going on? They kind of knew where they were supposed to stay, so after they waited for a while, they took a taxi to the hotel. Anyways, all of a sudden, this dude shows up, and he's like, hey, I'm really sorry that I didn't pick you up. Uh, You know, my apologies, but this isn't the hotel that we had you staying at. so why don't you pack up your stuff and come with me, and I'll take you to the other one. It's just as nice. So he drives them, like, out into the middle of nowhere to, like, this hotel in this really remote, secluded area, and it's empty. Nobody there except for them. Well, afterwards, he, he after a couple days, like, he lets them know that, hey, look, uh, you're here to do a job, and... That job is smuggling a bunch of cocaine back into England. And they're like, what? No, we're not doing that. And he's like, look, you can you can either do it or I'll kill one of you and then the other one can do it. <laughs> you know? So like they had no choice. They're basically being held hostage. But they had to – the guy like kept them there for, for like a week or something like that. They brought back like these new luggage and it had – like all these shampoo bottles in it that were filled with liquid cocaine, which I didn't even know was a thing. So it's like original cocaine. It's OG cocaine right there. Yeah, they still use liquid cocaine. It's an it's a it's a local anesthetic. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, their luggage has got all these shampoo bottles in it, and it's full of this liquid cocaine. And they're like, everybody's paid off. You just need to shut up and just go through security. And they had them bouncing around. Like they went from Guyana to like St. John's or St. Thomas. And then they went to like St. Lucia. And then they flew to France where they were supposed to take a ferry over to England. And someone would meet them there to pick up the cocaine. Well, they, they got through the first set of customs uh, no big deal. And the guy's like, everybody's paid off, so don't you, you just need to shut up and do what I tell you, and you'll be fine. They got through the next set of customs. Well, they got to, like, uh, whatever it was. I forget what the, the last, St. Lucia. And one of their bags was missing. And they're like, what the heck is going on? So they, they went and they had to go, like, talk to the airport staff, and they're like, hey, uh, one of our bags didn't show up. Oh, we're sorry. It got on a different plane. So they had to wait there for the bag to come back. And when they came back to pick it up, they just got swarmed. And they think what happened was that they were set up to, to get caught. So as like kind of a decoy so they could sneak more out through a different outlet or something like that. Which I didn't totally follow. Anyways, uh, they got to go to prison in... South America for two years. 
And hmm. while they were there, one of the he said that the the guard when he was walking him into the prison, like the dude, he's like, "Oh, you from uh, you from England, huh?" And he's like, "Yeah," and he goes, "You'll be dead within two weeks." And so he said, like the whole time was just trying not to die. But basically, at some at one point, he was like walking down the stairs, and he said it was just blistering hot in this prison. And so, like, he's walking down the stairs, and he was like trying to take his shirt off, and while he had it like kind of up around his his uh, neck and stuff, one of the guards just like kicked his legs out from under him and pushed him down the stairs. And he like smashed his head and split it open. And he hit his back really hard on the stairs, and it just, like, obliterated two of his discs. So, like, he spent, like, the rest of the time in this South American prison on crutches with, like, a head injury that he was nursing back to health. (laughs) It was just, like, the whole... Like, every one of these things is just awful. It's, like, the worst ever scenario but some of them, it's really cool how they end up like getting out of that scenario. Like they break out of the prison, or they like have to bribe a bunch of people to sneak them out. Like it's really cool. Huh. That's a that's an odd rom com if I ever heard one. Right. Yeah. I'll listen to that. Yeah, you should check it out. It's really good. But what? Okay, so what is the 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 top of your list on countries that you wouldn't want to go to prison in. Uh, Probably anything in the Middle East. I was going to say Iraq. I can't can't imagine they like us very much. No, probably not. Any, anywhere in Brazil or in South America. So Colombia. Wouldn't want to go to prison in Colombia. Yeah, I think South America is probably the top of my list. Like South and Central America, like Mexico or Colombia or Venezuela, one any of those in there, I think would be bad. Yeah, wouldn't want to go to prison in Thailand. No, no, probably not. I can think of better things to do I, than that. I would love to go to prison in Norway. <laughs> Yeah. They just hook you up. Norway's awesome. They just give you an apartment. <laughs> I was watching that. Have you ever watched that documentary Until the Light Takes Us? No. It's no. all about like the black metal scene in Norway, like in the <laughs> 90s and stuff, when they were like burning churches and murdering people and everything. And they, there's this douchebag. That I guess is still around. He's like a YouTube celebrity now, but his name is Varg Vickerson. And he's just this douchey, like, white supremacist piece of garbage that thinks he's, like, so... I don't know, he just takes himself so seriously, and he's super lame. But they're interviewing him from prison throughout the documentary. And I didn't, at first, I didn't even realize he was in prison. Like, they're talking to him, and they're showing him, and he's sitting in this little room and stuff. And I just thought it was, like, his home office or something. It's his prison cell. He's got a computer. Like, he's got a nice bed, a recliner, like, books and stuff like that all over the place. Art supplies. His home office. 
<laughs> and he's he, they're they're asking him about how how he likes prison. And he's like, oh, you know, I think about it as almost like a uh, you know, he's like a sabbatical, like a, I'm staying in a monastery for twenty years. God. Uh, he's such a douche like everybody on the documentary is a douche but especially that guy <laughs> uh, and Black Metal really prison. sucks wouldn't want to go to prison in Russia no no that's gotta be pretty high on the list they have those uh, Caucasian of shortcuts like those fucking those big ass dogs yeah, the fucking insane big-ass dogs. Yeah, yeah, those things are terrifying. Like, the ones that, I don't know, bears are afraid of. Like, oh, man, fuck that thing. I mean, I'm sure as a puppy it's fucking adorable, but, I don't know, not as a puppy. It's going to kill you. I'd Guaranteed. S- See, I don't understand people wanting to have, like, a super huge, scary, dangerous dog. I don't get it either. Like, we, when we were uh, looking at uh, puppies when we got Django, we went to these rednecks' house. It was somewhere between Fenton and Howell, like somewhere in that northern region there. And Cahokta? Yeah, whatever. It was something like that, right? That area? And yeah. this... These people had uh, Doberman puppies, which were adorable. Dobermans are so cute, but uh, they had like these. I forget what it was. You know how there's like those that breed that looks like a German Shepherd that they use for police dogs, but it's like some German name or something. They're usually mostly tan colored, and no, I thought those were just straight up German Shepherds. No, there's another there's another breed that's like that that they use for all that stuff. Like they they use them in the military and stuff like that in those countries. But they had one of those chained up like in their yard. And this thing is just freaking out at us the whole time we're there. And in, in the meantime like this dumb redneck dude's just telling us about like yeah, you know, he's one of the top trained blah 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 attack dogs in the u.s and you know everybody anybody that you talk to like that always has like something that's the greatest in the country this was this guy's <laughs> dog it's basically my dog's meaner and more dangerous than anybody's else's dog around and i was thinking like that's like that's like having a gun that's like swinging from a rope in front of your house <laughs> like, if, if all of a sudden something happens like i mean this thing it didn't care dude it would it like there was not a a, a normal dog gene in this thing's head it was just trained to murder <laughs> uh i just kept thinking like know. why why have that like why why train a dog like that? You know, unless you're unless you're like a it's a police dog or something, and it's taught like obedience training and stuff like that from the beginning. This one definitely wasn't. Like nobody went near this dog. They just like they put a, a bowl of with like you know three pounds of steak in it, and he used a broomstick to just push it out there in front of it because nobody could get close to it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really get that. 
No, those people are just typically paranoid. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, that's sad. I think a lot of those people that own those dogs aren't allowed to own guns. <laughs> and and aren't allowed to be near schools and, <laughs> uh, you know, so on and so forth. There is, like, there's people I think just naturally have, like, a, a fascination and an attraction to, like, dangerous things. It almost doesn't matter what it is. And, like, some things are, it's more than that. You know, like, uh, you know, like one of those Kawasaki H2s. Like, that thing's impressive. It's super dangerous if you used it wrong, but, like, it's at least within the realm of control. But, like, somebody having, like, a, you know, something along those lines, like a like a dog like that or something. Or, or you know, guys buying crazy huge guns that are really, like, good for nothing except telling your other redneck friends about them. Yeah, which is impressive to me, like, the people that, uh, that somehow get their hands on, like, missile launchers or something like that. Like, A, why? B, what? Uh, it's, it makes no sense to me, but I don't know. I guess that's something that people do. Some people like launching missiles, but... I don't know. It's beyond me. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I get wanting to play with one. But, like, <laughs> you know, like, okay, you see guys that have, like, Class 3 permits for firearms on YouTube, you know, where they can have, like, full auto stuff and everything. Like, I get wanting to shoot one of those. But to own one, it's so much work to get, like, the the certifications and all that stuff to to be able to do that like i just oh i think i think a lot of those people do that because they make money selling guns yeah then you can then you can you can sell guns from you can sell guns from a website and ship them straight to people's houses without ever touching them or to to play to other places so you have a license to buy the gun online and you can have it shipped to a gun store and they have to pay you a fee but see, that's like a an FFL, right? A federal firearms license. Like that's not that yeah, big of a deal to get. No, but that's part of that. There's like different levels of an FFL, and that like having the um, automatic weapons is like the top tier of that FFL. So you can use it to make money. But you can uh, also buy Uzis and shit. Okay, I see. Yeah, that's, as maybe far I as do I want to do that. I could be completely wrong. Get in on that war dog money. Uh, yeah, I, that movie I didn't was even. Awesome. That was I didn't an even awesome think movie. about that. I guess that, I didn't that, think about that side of it either. Some people sell. They'll have basically like a. They just live in an apartment and they never even touch the guns. They just need uh, essentially a person that's like a middleman that'll buy the gun online. Say if you see it on the gun broker or something like that, and you buy it from somebody, you need somebody with an FFL to purchase that gun for you and have it sent to whatever place also has an FFL, which would be just a gun store or another person's house that wants to deal with it. I, so I've you're making like 25 one. bucks. I've never bought huh? a gun online. 
like like that way. I've bought them off of like classified ads, but not like uh, through a website where you had to do an FFL transfer and all that. Uh, that's how I that. got uh, Zestava. Oh, that's right. Yeah. How how big of a pain was it? Uh, it was so much easier than it really should have been. <laughs> like, <laughs> didn't you just get a hold of the guy in Holly? Yeah. Have a shit to his house or whatever, or a store? Yeah, and and it wasn't even like a gun store. It was uh <clears throat> it was like the dude that had that uh like that R C cars and shit. Yeah, he for some reason that Yeah, that dude had an FFL, so like I bought this gun in what was it, Washington. Yeah, Washington State. And just had it shipped to some dickhead in Holly and then went and picked it up. That was it. I mean, it was fucking simple. I did buy one. I bought a pistol off of a classified ad site uh, <laughs> here in Wichita. And literally, like, within, I don't know, hours of me initially responding to the ad, I had a gun and ammo in my hands. So crazy. I know we've talked about that before, like when the gun debate was real hot for a minute there. But yeah, it, it is like it's it's too easy. It's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Well, I mean, I I, I consider myself to be a, a pretty responsible gun owner, so I don't really see what I did as being uh, like bad or sketchy or anything like that. But you know, the wrong people could also do that. And you're like, oh, man, I, I wish I didn't know how easy that was because, holy shit, that was super easy. I think, like, that's that's some of the problem with, like, you know, like, I would say that I, I've, I lean libertarian. I think kind of all of us do, right? But there is some of that, that, that ideology that I think occasionally, like, you really – grasp the consequences of it and you're like oh I, I some of that sounds really good in theory but i don't know if this is such a good idea full-on libertarians <laughs> are full-on delusional people yeah that's true it's it's it just wouldn't work it's just like somebody who's 100 percent libertarian has this utopian view of the world and how they could fix everything with the free market and just money. And well, I don't like government much. We definitely need it. Like we're not going to have cops. Libertarians believe that people are going to donate and have private cops. Yeah. It's not, not going to work <laughs> everywhere. So basically we can be a fucking Brazil. Yeah. You just own the cops if you want easily with more money than other people are paying them. Yeah, well, Seems you flawed. know, I think more money mean, equals better than. Here, here's yeah, what I think true. with a lot of that stuff. I think we need a lot of those things, but I think they would be much better off if they were administered on a local level rather than on a national level. And police I is agree. a bad and, example because that is local for the most part, but think about things like health care or like... Um, you know, safety net programs like welfare and stuff like that. Like, if you had, you know, if you could actually look the person in the face 
that that was asking for aid and stuff like that, I think it would cut down on a lot of the nonsense. You're probably right. Yeah, we definitely need to find a way to make it cheaper. I think that starts with making school cheaper. Maybe maybe these people don't need to be half a million dollars in debt. Oh, as far as college goes? Yeah. A college is a sham. Right. If you start right there, you could make all of healthcare cheaper. I, I graduated, and that's proof enough that college is a sham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had like a, a four, four years of college. I probably had a cumulative like like 300 hours worth of work into it. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Uh, I believe it. Like I've, I think, you know, especially when it was initially talked about, like I was real critical of uh you know, like the national health care stuff and everything like that. But, you know, the, the the more I think about it and the more I listen to, like, people that I respect talk about the facts behind, you know, our health care system and stuff like that, like, I kind of feel like the only way to go for us as a country is to a single-payer system. Uh, Dude, if I don't you, like it. Well, I don't like it either. And, you know, it's, like, one thing for me because I have good insurance through my employer, you know. So, like, I don't have to go on the public exchange and all that. But, you know, if you look at – Dan Carlin did an episode of Common Sense where he compared and contrasted our country with, like, all the other first world countries' healthcare systems and, like, the pros and cons of it. But, you know, like, we spend almost double – the amount in terms of like in comparison to our GDP on healthcare that like our our closest competitor does in a first world country. Like we pay so much for what we for what we get and yet you still have to pay out of pocket for everything. On top of that. Yeah, it'd be great if we didn't have to pay for that, but there's way more things to factor in there. Well, We're, I think what, we have a lot of people here. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying though is like compare you you compare the spending to GDP. You know, so you have some sort of a baseline. As a percentage of GDP, we pay almost double what the next closest country pays on healthcare. And how does we, our healthcare compare to theirs? In terms of like ordinary care, it's not necessarily better we're we're a lot better at like specialty stuff like specialty procedures uh we put out more prescription drugs like as far as like inventing new drugs and stuff like that like we put out more than most countries and for things like like cancer treatment you're better off to be here than than you know pretty much anywhere but for like normal everyday stuff like like the three of us going for i mean maybe not with your your freaking uh sack brain but (laughs) like for 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 me if you compare like what i pay for my health care and what my employer pays for it like it's it's a crazy amount considering how much i actually use it and the problem there is that we have this big retarded middleman 
between us and the healthcare provider, the insurance companies. They serve no function anymore except to administer all this stuff and add a ton of cost to it. Right. <laughs> Make it grossly inconvenient. Right. Wait. Which, that's... Go ahead, Clint. So you're saying the insurance companies are driving the cost up? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. How? How? Well, because it's it's not really insurance anymore. Like, you know, the whole idea of insurance is like, I pay, you know, I pay like a, a monthly amount... You okay? You sorting your power tools there or what? <laughs> I was just scooting my fucking chair, you piece of shit. Oh, okay. Keep but, keep talking on your fucking soapbox here. Right. If you want to unload the dishwasher I'm, or anything, go ahead. You know, be my guest. Thanks. Don't mind to if be I do. clear. I'm not. I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm just curious. No, and I'm not saying I got it all figured out. I don't think anybody does. I'm just saying that this is this is what I think one of the problems is is that. You know, the idea of in, of health insurance used to be like, okay, I'm going to pay into this gradually over time in case I have a catastrophic ex- expense at some point that I can't pay for out of pocket, in which case insurance jumps in, right? It's a gamble. Right. But once you require someone to have insurance and you require the insurance company to cover them regardless of what their life looks like, like it's not insurance anymore – you're basically just pay. You're, you're. There's no point in having that middleman anymore. But well, they're they're, but they're paying what, or the the prices are dictated by what the doctors charge. Well, and that's that's a whole separate issue too. Oh, we lost him. Must have dropped his computer. Oh, yeah. But you know that's a that's a whole separate issue. Is like why is the cost of healthcare so much? Like average healthcare procedures and stuff, and that has a lot to do. That's a combination of insurance companies and and government programs. You know, right? Well, I get like a like I I get a bill. I go see the doctor. I get a bill that's adjusted for my insurance, but just the checkup at my doctor. Is like three hundred and seventy-five dollars oh. for about for about eight minutes. Right, just a normal run-of-the-mill checkup. Eight actual minutes or eight minutes of waiting, and then like one minute of them like, uh, he's yeah, alive. Like, cool. No, it's like two and a half days of waiting and eight minutes in the room. Okay. Okay. No, really, I I found a a trick that seems to work almost every single time. I show up an hour early, and almost I don't know why. Maybe it's just luck, but almost every single time I go straight to the back. I don't I don't I don't know why it works like that, but every time I show up early to an appointment, one of the times I didn't even have to sit down. She was like, "Don't even bother to sit down." Just walk over to the door. We're going to take it straight back to the room. I don't like know why magic. that would be. I don't know. They just don't have, I have other no idea. appointments? I, they, they have, they're booked up solid for like two months. 
Like when I make an appointment, like if I call to see him, it's it's two months before I get in there. Jeez. Yeah, so I, I don't get it, but I don't know. It just happens that way. I typically don't wait that long. Uh, I don't know. Or he's just that excited to see me. <laughs> Maybe. He just cancels all his other appointments. He just can't wait Fuck to examine that people. hog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking A-Rod. He's Checking like, that shit out. Dr. A-Rod. He's like, I wonder if his, if his mole has grown anymore. i don't know i don't know how to fix the shit dude i just don't like the idea government is so fucking inefficient i don't trust them to control all of the healthcare. no i feel like it'd be catastrophic i don't i i I don't like the system we got it's not perfect but letting the government do it is a fucking terrible idea because letting them control Anything other than police and fire is is a fucking failure every time. Yeah. And it costs way too much money. It's way too convoluted and way too many fucking people work for them. Well, I think that the problem with the healthcare thing is that we have like this just ungodly collusion of like massive private corporations and government. Oh, yeah. And And the special interests are running our country. Yeah. But especially get money out of politics. Healthcare and defense are like the most like disgusting cesspool of coercion, collusion and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, especially when it comes to pharmaceuticals. Yeah, it's pretty fucked. Yeah. Like it's it's weird that I I don't know. Uh, I would assume that prior to our current day and age, if you were, uh, I mean, outside of like an actual like monarchy, you know, if if you were elected to power, if you were elected official, that was a job. It was your responsibility. And it, it wasn't about the paycheck. And I think that's completely gone out of all modern politics. Oh, yeah. Like, joining into the political race means that you want to achieve a higher income. And that's it at this point. There's no... that That's a blanket statement. And I'm sure there's there's people that still give a shit out there, but they're not popular enough to actually get anywhere but uh yeah i think all politics at this day and age are just a different career to make money yeah like when you're when you're a kid you want to be like a a lawyer or a doctor because you know that they make a lot of money you don't think about what they actually do and then there's like the the other part of you that's like oh i want to be a fireman or a policeman and, and like save lives and help people and it's that that lawyer and, and uh, doctor that comes after that. Where you're like, oh shit, I got a dollar and I can buy, you know, two fucking candy bars with that. And so that that money just kind of, I don't know, washes away the decency that you have 
And I don't know. That's that's where I think politics are. It's just fucking money now. That's it. That's a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> the point or the the problem is we've gotten to this point where there's really nothing we can do about it. No. No. Not a fucking. We're thing. gonna vote them out. We can't even get the, the people in this country to unite for 10 seconds to vote people out. Well, I mean, part of that is we're, we are our own worst enemy. Like, if I, I, I personally think if we went to, like, a digital voting system, uh, or like a uh, a fifty fifty. So like the the people who are eighty ninety years old that have been voting by going to a fucking booth and and penciling in a fucking bubble for you know seventy years, they can still do that. But the the next generation, us who are going to be forced to work our entire fucking lives because it's not community retirement. That's a different subject. But we can't take that fucking time out to go stand in a fucking line for an hour to go scribble with this archaic piece of technology on a right. piece of fucking smashed up wood. Let well, us do it fucking digitally. The ridiculous part of that is the fact that people claim that they don't trust it, that it's not a trustworthy system if you vote online. But those same oh, I- people will do all their fucking banking online. They'll put their but, social security number online. But that that was that was going to be part of my argument that we're our own worst enemy because we have like a, an elite uh, network of hackers that would probably not even think twice about the opportunity to figure out how to completely dismantle a system like that, where uh-huh. where it would be super awesome. And it would actually engage this like modern technological era that we're in and actually get people to participate at the same time. It's a complete fucking risk. Well, I mean, so be it. I do everything online. Yeah, me too. I take all the risk. I take risks that are way worse than some asshole getting voted in that I don't like. (laughs) Yeah, that seems to be happening regardless. I do shit online that if if the consequences are fucking dire if I was hacked, I, I would just be <laughs> ruined, you know? <laughs> Talk about but, Nambla or something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not my internet it. history. Everybody's oh, afraid yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, just the, you know, everything that I do online as far as uh, my finances and all that stuff, my private information, it's all online. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'll vote for some dickhead online and not think twice about it because I don't care if somebody hacks it. That's like the least of my worries as far as shit getting hacked is it, it gets the wrong candidate. The one that didn't pick. Guess what? Nobody's ever gotten picked out of the candidates that I voted for it's, <laughs> it, to the, to date. It's never happened. You know, uh, same here. Yeah. I don't, I've never voted for a winning candidate. <laughs> hack it. I say hack it. Please hack it. Yeah. 
I, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I think it, I think it could honestly go both ways. Um, yeah. but I, I'm, I'm the exact same way. I mean, I, I did my, um, entire mortgage all online, never talked to one fucking person, never signed a piece of paper, never did anything. It was all done digitally. And then Booyar, $130,000 worth of debt. I mean, it, it, everything is online now. And even uh, even Pops, he's he's been complaining about Social Security because they had his birthday wrong, so he can't get his Social Security check. And he's part of that generation that doesn't quite understand, like, how everything works. So... Like, he'll go to the Social Security office and be like, uh, you guys have my fucking birthday wrong. Why don't you grab that piece of paper with my name on it and write the right uh, fucking birthday on there? They're like, <laughs> what piece of paper are you talking about, old man, you crazy piece of shit? He's like, well, you know, you have to have some type of record. He's like, it's all digital. Well, just, uh, you know, backspace, put in the right date. And he's like, I can't do that. I, I don't know. It's it's a digital age that we live in, so I think everything should be brought to that level. No right. more pencil and paper because it's it, we we need to start phasing out these old systems if we want to kind of rise above them. Yeah, or vote with uh, you have to vote with you know face recognition or something. <laughs> Iris scan. That's the only way you could make it really secure. I mean, even that wouldn't be. I don't know. Whatever. We're pretending like it's secure now, and it's not. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's absolutely not. In the past, I've been kind of paranoid about this whole digital thing, and nowadays, I'm just, I'm all in. Yep. Well, I mean, do you remember people, like, flipping out over uh, the fingerprint scan on the phones? Oh, you're talking out? about the most convenient thing on a phone? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fuck yeah, sign into everything with my thumbs. Dude, I got, I got both my thumbs on there in case I want to use my left hand. Yeah. If, if somebody stole my phone and my thumb, they could buy like $20 worth of shit. <laughs> they'd be set. Yeah. They would, they'd almost get like, uh, if they had a GMC Sierra, they would almost get a third of a <laughs> tank of gas. So almost. All right, since we've wandered into uh politics haphazardly, I know I shouldn't ask, but I'm going to ask. What is your guys' take on the uh all this football player nonsense? Uh you know, I I honestly haven't been paying attention to it. I I've seen uh like some news snippets here and there about you know somebody not standing for what the national anthem is that is that yeah. what went on i think it's quite a few of them now they're kneeling for the national anthem uh, hasn't that been going on hasn't kaepernick been doing that for years well he did it last year but he didn't get a job this year he didn't get on a team well, uh, you know, who who does that affect? Colin Kaepernick. Right. 
if you don't like it, you know, uh, you voiced your opinion. That person doesn't have a, a fucking job anymore. Okay. But see, see, now it's there's like a lot of NFL players and stuff that have joined in on it. Yeah, whole and teams and stuff. It's like it's like all Fox News is going to talk about right now. Here's, here's my take on it. It's a fad, and it'll pass. And nothing will be accomplished by it. It'll just be a thing that people talked about for 10 minutes, and they fucking moved on. Hmm. But my, um, my perspective, having very limited knowledge on it, is... Uh, I, I don't... You know what? I, I don't even have a good opinion on it. I, I just don't care. But if you're, I I understand the perspective of like uh, disrespecting the flag, which um, there's been a f- handful of people that brought up how all of us do that every single day, anyways. As far as like the rules of flag etiquette, in in like the official flag rules, like you. You can't use it for advertising. You can't put it on any clothing. And I right. mean that happens that happens fucking all the time anyways. So I mean we can't really get on a high horse about flag etiquette if all of us are going to disregard it. Well, 99% it, of the time. It's like cherry picking the fucking bible. You know, I I'm right. sorry, go ahead. I, I never equated the national anthem to the flag. For some reason in my head, I don't know if somebody told me this or if I just made it up, but for some reason, I always equated that to just respecting dead soldiers. I think that's what it, that's what people are trying to equate it to at this point. That's is how that I've it's, always seen it for some reason. Yeah. You know, I... It's one thing for me, I think, because I'm just not real, like, sentimental about anything like that. And to me, like, all of this relates to values, right? It's the values that those things supposedly stand for that make them important because otherwise it's just a piece of cloth, you know? And to a lot of people in the country, they don't think that those values are being applied to them, you know? And so, so what can they do? What can they reasonably do that will actually draw attention to their cause? Okay, because 24-hour news cycle is is almost totally against them. You know, especially the ones that pander to the people who are the noisiest about this whole deal. You know, like Fox News, every time, you know, a black person gets shot by police or something like that, regardless of what's going on, they automatically take the cop's side. Every time. You know, and in some cases, the cop is not in the wrong. You know, but for one, okay, first of all, I think that no matter how these people protested, those same people would be angry about it because they just don't agree with their point of view. Like, it wouldn't matter if they, I mean, it doesn't matter if they hold signs out front of the Capitol, if they stand in the road and block traffic, like any of that kind of stuff. They're mad at them regardless. So, I mean, that they're never going to be happy, so why worry about it? Number two, if it didn't sting a little bit, 
why it wouldn't even be a protest would it i mean that's the whole point is to draw attention to the that deal by making it sting a little bit by doing something that draws people people's attention to it is it the most effective medium of it well probably not but i think that goes for protests in general these days is that i think they're just polarizing more than than they are like educational or enlightening but to be honest i think it's ridiculous to pretend like people kneeling for the pledge of allegiance is like spitting on the graves of dead soldiers i think if if you think that the that constitutional values are not being upheld for your your community then like the most disrespectful thing you can do to a, a a soldier who supposedly fought and died for those freedoms is to just not say anything at all. Uh, I, I think that's a fair point. Who's playing video games? I am. Oh my god. <laughs> what? You're what? off you're fired. You're off the podcast. Oh, thank God. <laughs> hey, man, I just had to do something while I was just sitting here. I can still talk and shoot a person in the face at the same fucking time. What? I don't know. What? I, I just, I think people are so wrapped up. Like, they care so much more about their symbols and their pageantry than they do about actually, like, thinking through, you know, like, the, the ideas that they're supposed to represent. That's what's infuriating to me about it. I don't care one way or another if they stand for it, if they kneel for it, whatever. Do what you want. I don't know how effective it is. I mean, I think you could make that argument that you're really not helping your cause at all. But at the end of the day, like, I think everybody ought to be at least somewhat open-minded to the idea that, you know, maybe some of our laws run contrary to those ideas. And maybe those same laws are enforced much, much more stringently in certain communities than they are in others. Like, You're talking about weed again, aren't you? I'm talking about, yeah, I mean, drug laws. <laughs> drug laws in general. But any type of crime, you know, I think it's it's prosecuted at a much higher level in low-income and, and minority communities than it is in, in white communities. Yeah, I think the statistics would support that. Well, what I... I don't know my my issue, and I'm sure I'm I'm standing on the same side as all the people that we're all really annoyed by is the the people that you know they say oh this is bullshit I'm I'm not going to stand for the flag for America and all this stuff because it's bullshit 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 it, yeah yeah some stuff is definitely not even I 100% agree will not even contest twice about it. But you you can't say that this is a bad place. And you can't you can't say that, you know, this is bullshit when you're when you're basking in the the fortune that this country has given you. And I I almost want to bring uh, Kaepernick in as an example cuz I mean, he's a professional athlete. He can throw a ball good. He can throw a ball good. And he's making millions of dollars. Well, I get that. But just because he makes money 
doesn't mean that he can't he can't identify with issues that affect lower income people and you know it doesn't matter if if joe blow from downtown flint doesn't stand for the national anthem at the next football game no one sees no one cares no one talks about it right so what that's the thing with all this is is if if you're not happy with the way these people are protesting like what way could they protest that would make you happy because obviously take you have a some... knee take a knee for the whole game i'd be pretty happy to see that what just refused to play <laughs> yep no you can go out there just take a knee yeah i take a knee I don't for know. the entire fucking game that shit it... would be that would be epic and hilarious yeah, because I mean, he, he if we're talking about last year, I mean, I'm he took a he took a knee, he did not uh he did not participate for the national anthem or whatever it was. And and that's fine. And then he he didn't deny his paycheck. He didn't he didn't, you know, give it back. He didn't hand it out. What that is that's like a really unreasonable expectation for someone like hey you're unhappy about something that's going on in this country you should just refuse your paycheck i i know what is that how does that make any sense what i'm saying is how how does annoying people that you want on your side make sense i don't know i mean i saw people hanging banners you know and swinging, you know, like there's people like hanging banners and waving flags in downtown Fenton and stuff like that for years with Obama with a Hitler mustache. Uh, Those same people who are like, this country is falling into tyranny and they're going to take away our rights and blah, 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 blah. Like those same same people are living, you know, middle-class lifestyles, making plenty of money and stuff like that. Like this is – this can all go either way. You know, the difference is those people, they disrespected, uh, you know, the president. These people, they're disrespecting, uh, you know, a, a national symbol. Yeah, I well, just they're I I think they're aiming for a full nation, not just a national symbol. A lot of these same people who are who are mad about the pledge or the the national anthem are the same people who are hanging flags upside down, you know, during the Obama administration. And oh well, that's a significant, you know, that's a, a historical in you know, a historical context means blah 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 blah. Okay, well, does not recognize, you know. Not recognizing the national anthem have any sort of historical context, dude. Yeah, but the whole Hitler fucking pictures started with Bush. <laughs> yeah, they were doing okay. that like I'll crazy that. when That's Bush true. was president. the The Obama thing was just a rehash. I just think that this stuff it goes in both directions, and I think it's unre- it's ridiculous for these same people who are complaining about this. To pretend that they weren't saying ridiculous, saying and doing ridiculous things during the Obama administration, basically complaining about the same stuff only centered around white middle class people. I just think everybody's ridiculous, and you should just let people do what they want. You know? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> if, 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 
If I, you don't I, like I, it, then don't go to the NFL game. I don't know what to tell you. I think most of these people are mad because this forces them to think and confront something serious during their dumb uh, sports ball event. Well, I don't think they're, but they're not. But the people that are getting mad aren't aren't looking at the issue and going, "Oh, we need to fix this." They're going, "Fuck these people that are taking knees." They don't give a shit about those issues. They're not even. The thing is, is they're not even talking about the issue. That's the true. issue is them taking a knee. That's the fucking issue. It's nothing to do with it. Nobody knows the cause. Most people don't care about the cause. Well, I don't know. All if they most care about people... is play the fucking footy ball game. <laughs> <laughs> don't take a knee during the fucking national anthem. Take off your hat. Put your hand on your heart. Fucking play the game. That's all anybody gives a shit about. They don't want to see something. They don't want to see people protesting. Essentially, keep in mind too. You're these people are paying to see that. They're not going to be for someone to protest. Uh, most of these people right? aren't paying to watch this game. They're they're watching everybody, it at home. Everybody pays to see it because you have to pay for television. You have to pay to go to the games. Well, anything controversial ends up on television. Taxpayer money goes into building these fucking stadiums. We're paying for it, whether you watch it or not. It's the most subsidized. It is ridiculous. They're a a non-profit organization. The NFL is a non-profit. How about we just stop playing the national anthem at sports games? Because it doesn't make any sense. I'm down. I'm down with that. Like, why? But it's why do you not have like, to play the but, national anthem and you have to fly a bunch of bombers through the stadium every time somebody's going to play but this sports? Isn't, this isn't just an American thing. This is every country. Every yeah. country does this. They got uh, the Jets. Look at, like, I just uh, watched a few weeks ago the, the, the Formula One race was in Italy, and they take it fucking seriously. Those are probably the most patriotic people on the planet. They have, well, yeah. I mean, after every MotoGP race, I mean, once you stand up on the podium, they play your country's national anthem because it's same, supposed to be. It's the same thing for F1. It's, it's, it's people being proud of where they're from. Yeah. And they have fans because of where they're from, and and they have home races, and they have, you know, the shit in Italy is ridiculous. They have like the jets to fly over with the. The uh, green, red, and white smoke. They have, I mean, they're just over the top. I think, like, that stuff's fine as long as it's, like, in, in fun. This is like, hey, let's celebrate, like, this culture or this country or what. I mean, like, I think that's that's all great. It's just when, when it turns into, like, this big serious thing, like, oh, every time we're going to play sports, we have to, we have to memorialize you know, like, whatever. You but know? you can do that here. Go to do that shit in Russia. Go protest Putin in Russia. <laughs> well, that's true. You end up like Pussy Riot. He's called prison. I just, <laughs> but do you, you get what I'm saying though? Like the fact that, okay, if you if you're not happy with how these guys protest, what is a a reasonable like? idea of a of an acceptable protest for you as a person 
you know, because I think most of these people that are I, disagreeing, they just don't agree with these guys. And regardless of where they were protesting or what they were saying or doing, they would be ripping on them and saying the same crap. I would say protest all you want. Just don't inconvenience people who have nothing to do with the protest. Don't block well, roads. I mean, uh, for for me, if I was a big... Uh, sports ball fan like Zeg Chubbs it's uh, I, I have no problem with with them doing what they want to do um, and if, if I if I was a big enough fan I would listen to what they had to say when it wasn't that time If that makes sense. Like, okay. You see, that's the conundrum with all of this stuff, though, is that if, if it wasn't at, if it wasn't at a football game, these most people would never hear it. If if this, you know, if they if they scheduled a a, a protest at the state capitol and they all showed up and held signs and everything like that, most people are just never going to hear about it. Well, they're they're public figures, right? I mean, the reason he made news is because he's a public figure. I don't think. I mean, was he? He was kind of a nobody, wasn't he? Colin Kaepernick. No. Yeah, I think he was. He was pretty no, well known. Was, yeah, he was well known. He was an NFL quarterback. He was a starting quarterback. He was very well known. Yeah. So I mean, if if you if you want to make a statement you're you have enough clout enough limelight that you can do that you know in a in an environment and i think people would actually listen and and you can actually get your words out and not uh you know it not come off as disrespectful to an entire nation and and I think that's probably where the the key factor is, is everyone sees that as a personal insult to where they live, what they hold near and dear, and it wasn't it wasn't about the issues at that point. It was about them disrespecting an entire nation. I guess so. I don't know. I think There's I think no I'm playing devil's advocate this. a little bit. I guess. No. No, I, Ian, I think you're absolutely right. There is no right answer. I mean, there's there's not like a perfect platform. Like, so, hey, do you have a do you have an issue? Then here's exactly what you need to do, and we'll get it taken care of. Because that's never gonna fucking happen. Well, here's the, Regardless, here's the underlying question: Is protests are are protests effective at all? And are they are protests about? changing people's minds and opening their eyes to something they haven't seen before or are protests about me feeling good about me because I'm out here walking around with a stick and a, and a sign and stuff like that. I would say most of the time they're not, but I'm glad people do it because we have the right to do it. I'm glad they're exercising the right. Uh, I would say no, they're not effective because you can't get enough people to do it. And most of these protests, as of late, the past couple of years, 
have just been violent. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. We haven't had very many peaceful pro at least maybe we have, um, not that we've seen. I think people really came out in force to protest Trump, like all throughout the process. And it did not. You're talking about help. the women's march where they were wearing pussies on their heads? Well, the women's march and then like all of those protests at <laughs> Trump campaign events and even still, like they're still protesting his events when he shows up places and stuff. Like I don't think it helped. I think it just it just alienated people who were in the middle and made them think, eh, I don't want to be grouped in with that. Yeah. And I think I, that goes for both sides his this current uh i don't know uh political atmosphere has probably been the most polarizing ever and and it's not like calming down at all like i i at least thought like a lot of people didn't like bush a lot of people didn't like barry uh but it 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 lulled at at least some point, whereas oh. this is this is just like a fucking perpetual machine. It's because we have an asshole throwing flames in the fire. That is every true. day. That is true. He called them sons of bitches. Ugh. The people taking a knee. You're the president. Don't don't do that. Oh, he just, dude. He's throwing like, like. He's doing fan service to his little crowd at the at the UN giving a speech. You know, I mean the guy's ridiculous. It's just if if you like him and if you want to see his stuff in a positive light then you're going to, but you know, anybody who's got who's a brain any cell? Yeah, anybody who's willing, you know, who's looking at it from any sort of non white religious republican cons- perspective Pretty much is going. Wearing, oh my god, this guy's wearing ridiculous. deep rose-colored glasses. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I. All right. I don't know. I. I just. I. Don't know. I guess I'm just frustrated with the the whole thing. I think one of the things that I did hear that was a valid point about all this football stuff is uh, on uh, intercepted that. You know, the podcast that The Intercept puts out with Jeremy Scahill and Glenn Greenwald. One of the things that he brought up is that um, sporting events are not non-political events, you know. And if you if you look at the way that the military is portrayed and all that kind of stuff at these events, like, there is a political aspect to these all the time. And there is some stuff that, that's been kind of a blatant, like, slap in the face to that community like for instance he was talking about how like they brought back uh oh what's the douchebag that sings the football song uh hank williams hank williams yeah Yeah. hank williams the second that's who it is hank williams jr hank williams the third's like the pill popping uh bluegrass redneck all right yeah not him no This is the Are You Ready for Some Football guy. But, you know. Uh, Worst song ever. Worst fucking song ever. Oh, yeah. That guy doesn't even sing. He just yells. He just hollers and wears a stupid hat and glasses. 
But Nobody likes do you remember to reevaluate their taste? But do you remember why he hasn't been singing this the football song in a long time? He said something about Obama. Yeah, he called him Hitler. Did he? Yeah. Everybody calls everybody calls Trump Hitler. Everybody called Bush Hitler. Everybody called Obama Hitler. Everybody's fucking Hitler. Yeah. Every president is Hitler. For I the know. Past I know. 16 but sixteen years, everybody's been Hitler. But that is not a guy that should probably be representing something that you know, like you guys were saying. This is a, a publicly funded, you know, event that's designed to be for everyone to enjoy and stuff like. He's he's not a good figure to put in that role, and they've brought him back in the middle of all of this stuff. He's going to be back there singing the football song, the guy who called Obama Hitler on on Fox News Channel. <laughs> you know, I mean... He could have said a lot worse. Well, he did is call him Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't call I mean, him a cunt or anything. Yeah, it's... It's just... It's, it's so There's played out. Time. Like, like yeah, they're just... Uh. They're they're chipping away season. at the whole uh, Hitler being bad thing. It's just becoming like a like a punchline now. Oh, I know. It's it, like, that, oh, that you're a Hitler. Ridiculous. You're being a Hitler. Everybody's a fucking Hitler now. Just because you can say that Hitler's Hitler's the only person on earth who you can publicly say who politicians have said yes, I will kill a baby Hitler. You can only do that <laughs> with Hitler. You can't fucking do that with anybody else. Like. Nobody's even had the balls to like say Paul I would Pot. kill a baby Satan. But they'll say <laughs> I, I, I killed a baby Hitler. Wouldn't even know who Paul Pot was. Uh, probably not. He was worse than Hitler, wasn't he? He killed a lot more people than Hitler, and he killed his own I people. Don't. I, th- that, was, I think that's the big thing is he killed his own people. He didn't. He didn't like attack anybody. He's like, I don't even like my own people. Fuck him. He I'll killed off like a people. third of his population. It, it, by far, like more people were were victims under Mao Zedong than anybody. Yeah, that's true. They're they're all Start the worst. People Mao. It's not a competition. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's we like can all is, be though. really the, bad. What's the worst thing you could call somebody? A Hitler. That's just fucking dumb. Yeah, Hitler sucks. Hey, you know what? Uh, On that same note, so some CIA documents were just released. Some informant, they they declassified them. Some informant claims claimed back in the fifties that Hitler never died. That he was living, he was alive and well in Argentina. Couple that with a guy recently who claims that he's Hitler. He's like 165 years old and said, claims that he's Hitler. So Hitler might still be alive in Argentina. Some old senile dude whose wife says he's not Hitler. He's just fucking crazy. She's a Nazi lover. Can't be trusted. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Fucking sympathizer. Sympathizer. She's, she's protecting him. Uh, well, that would be interesting. Would if, that not? Maybe be we crazy. should. Maybe we should just kill him preemptively, just in case. Yeah, he's gonna know. die soon anyway. He's old as fuck. I know. He's, he's like, like 100. 
120 years old or something. Don't let time get that kill. You know, <laughs> somebody needs to but get said, points for that. And what did they say? He he said he. No, I guess it didn't have anything to do with that because the Mossad's not like Nazi hunting anymore. So maybe he felt like he was safe. I'm sure but, they they would re if they found out Hitler was alive, they would rehash you know the whole Nazi hunting thing and bring it back and go kill him. But I mean, he's okay. I, I, I'm not trying to uh, poo-poo on Argentina at all, but are are we sure that dude is as old as he says he is? No, probably not. But a, a so, lot of Nazis did <laughs> did head straight for Argentina. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I've heard that too, and I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna contest that part. But what I am contesting is some people age real fucking hard. And they look old as fuck, but they're actually not. Yeah, yeah. look at Tara Reid. Well, I think for sure the guy's not Hitler. But I think we need to consult Eddie Bravo. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm okay with that. Uh, if you guys... Okay, closing note for yeah. everybody. Uh, if you want to listen to like just a, a crazy podcast that's that's a lot of fun to listen to, a good story. Um, you you guys have listened to the dollop before, right? No, no. The dollop is like an American history podcast where it's these two comedians and one of them reads a story to the other one and he has no idea what the topic's going to be about. And it's funny, but they did an episode on P.T. Barnum of. Uh, Barnum and Bailey Circus. Oh, right, right. Dude, this guy is like the craziest shyster con man in history. All right, save it for the next podcast. Yeah, well, just go listen to it. Just go listen to it. It's great. I'll send you a link. All right. All right, everyone. Uh, That was a (laughs) rambler. So if if you hated it, you know. Share it and tell everybody how stupid it is. <laughs> yeah. Share it a million yeah. times. ITunes. Like uh, us. Like us on Facebook. Rate us on iTunes. We're going for and, those controversial uh, bumps. And and go to bed now because you you probably have fallen asleep listening yeah. to this. And so let, let let Blue Raper know we could probably use some money and movement watches and <laughs> me undies and shit. Yeah, me undies. <laughs> Uh, mod cloth um yeah all right square cash let square cash know square <laughs> legal zoom yeah we're open to all of you guys any any of you that yeah. want to throw us some cash you know help underwrite the production costs of this podcast you know we could <laughs> jack really link assistant <laughs> cool. speedway man <laughs> go for speedway anyways Please. giving out gas cards yeah, no. Precisely. No, they're not doing that. All right, folks. Yeah, uh, sorry. We will see you, uh, I don't know, maybe next week. We'll see how things go. Maybe. Okay, bye, everybody.